In episode 5.3 of Unshuffled, we discuss the third album from Abrams called Modern Ways. But first, as always, here's Seven Planets. Scotty D. <laughs> Matt, how are you, good sir? Good, and I've got to say a big allo vrind from the Flemish part of Belgium, where my new home is, out in the, the forest near the Dutch border in Belgium. Uh, the many well, twists and turns of life that our listeners are, have become familiar with. Uh, this is where life has led me now, so here I am. Konnichiwa from uh, the Kansai region of Japan. (laughs) It's always nice to move into a place and then discover after you've moved that one of the world's biggest heavy metal festivals takes place in June there every year. So I've got uh, Grass Pop to look forward to next year. I'm uh, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I hear rumors that uh, Osaka has a pretty big metal scene as well, but not right now. Uh, I'll get that there. There's some great bands out of that part of the world, but uh, mm. it'll get back there. Yeah. Certainly, We're certainly banter-free hope. these days, though, aren't we? Our listeners know that. They're, they're not tuning in for this sort of nonsense. They want to hear us talk about today's album. Um, so before we do that, let me introduce us. We are Unshuffled. I'm Matt. You're Scott. And we are trying to bring back the album. We're doing it band by band, album by album. We're picking a band that we've wanted to listen to or, you know, old or recent. This one's a more recent band, still very active. And we're starting with their first album, talking about it at length, moving on to their second and so on. Today we're on to their third full length. Our band, our chosen band is Abrams. Hopefully you've been with us on the journey so far, listener. If not, you can always go back and, and listen to their first couple of albums before you listen to this one. But this one is Modern Ways, and Scott's going to tell us all about it. So let's hear the details of Modern Ways, please, Scott. So Modern Ways was released on May 1st of 2020. This is at just at the very beginning of the pandemic. And and this is it, it's interesting because this was also the time where a lot of album or a lot of bands were choosing to sort of delay their releases because there was no light on the horizon for when they were going to be able to tour. Um, Abrams went ahead and they released this album regardless and um and it it made its way to several of the the top lists of 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 that year um it was produced by dave otero which as was the last one and they recorded it at flatline audio in westminster colorado which must be i wonder if that's dave otero's because that was where they had done this with him last time as well um and the lineup is Zach Amster on guitar and vocals, Taylor Iverson on bass and vocals, Ryan DeWitt and drums, and Patrick Alberts on guitar. Yeah, so a new drummer. That seems to be a bit of a revolving door for this band. And uh, this Patrick, uh, what's his name? Patrick DeWitt? Patrick Alberts. I'm sorry, Patrick Alberts. um, uh, He did feature on the previous album in a less 
clearly defined role. I think he contributed here and there, but here he's now seemingly a formal member of the band. And if we could ever see them live on stage, we could confirm that. Right. They, so many of the photos do show them as a four-piece. Yeah. Yeah, the, the media also has four members now, so let's assume he's now an, a permanently installed right. member, and hopefully they get back touring soon. I'm surprised they're not on the road already, but uh, no doubt they'll be touring soon, and we can hopefully get some footage of them on stage with as a four-piece. Maybe they'll roll through Belgium. See them at one of your uh, festivals. There's plenty of festivals here for them, and that have a very... You know, the, the music scene here, that you, know, you get a lot of heavy music fans and very knowledgeable, so I'm sure they're, they're probably getting a few sales here already. Shall we jump into the album? Are we ready to discuss it track by track? I know I am. I think we should do it. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Why don't you take us away with the, the title track, the first one? The first track is Modern Ways, and as the title track, as you mentioned. And I really, I really like the opening groove here. We've kind of talked about this before, but there's something about this, that, especially this song, that sort of reminds me of, of a helmet. And, and this is where this idea of uh, where I was curious to know whether or not Patrick Alberts was in the band, because it definitely sounds like two guitars. Right. It definitely sounds like there are two guitars playing. And I, and I know studio wizardry, you, you, you can layer that. But I distinctly hear two guitars that sort of in this song, this song is, is more filled out than any thing that I've heard on the last two albums, just right off the bat. Um, there's, there's ambiance, there's that second guitar is kind of just filling things in a little bit. And so this is where I I assume Patrick Alberts is, is, is a part of the band now. And then the drums, Ryan DeWitt, new drummer and drums are just absolutely front and center in the mix. And, and in a way that I guess they were a little bit before, but they're, they're not, there's nothing muted about them. It also might be, I had my shipment has come and I've had better speakers to listen to this. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Lucky you, huh? Uh, but you like the song overall? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it is, it's a real rocker, this one. Similar, uh, I thought, to Worlds Away from the previous album. Serve the same sort of purpose of just mm. getting us straight into a real rocky uh, rocky vibe straight from the, the jump. Um, big chorus, great breakdown section, and, and a really sort of frenetic and a cathartic section towards the end there. Great song. Um, for me, once again, and we commented on it on the previous album, the vocals have come so far in this band. They really jumped out at me on this track, how far they've come since that first album. And I really like in this song, and you know, I'll talk about it again and again as we go through it, but I really like the way the two vocalists work together and trade verses and choruses. And, and I think that's a real key selling point of this band, the double vocal um, a mix there. I really like it. Lyrically, you know, I couldn't find lyrics to this album anywhere, but, it, you know, I picked up a little bit here and there in this song, Haters, Fakers. It seems to be a challenge to sort of critics and naysayers. You know, this is us. It seems to be a big statement, and it, um, and it's not about a breakup, which or it doesn't seem to be, uh, which in itself is, is a relief. Um, so, yeah, great song. Real rocking start to the album, and I was looking forward then to the second one. Second song's called Poison Bullets. Now, I'll be interested to hear if you picked up the same influence here in the guitar sound in that opening riff. I've just written A Perfect Circle. 
Uh, it's a more of a mid-tempo song. I'm not sure lyrically throwing poison, bu- throwing poison bullets at your king. I don't know exactly what they're talking about, but it, again, it, it seems to be a song about strength. Um, I, I, I think that's the theme of this album, and it's much lyrically. I think they've been, they've improved a lot, and um, yeah, I like this song. Perhaps a little short, but, but uh, a really good song. Did you like Poison Bullets? I did. It's funny though that you you said a perfect circle. There's I don't. There's a voice in the chorus, and I'm wondering again. I I don't know who's singing it. Some vocal stylings have changed. Somebody in this band sounds like Paul Stanley from Kiss now. <laughs> and there was, and I'm listening to the song, and I'm listening to the chorus, and I'm like, wait a minute, did. They didn't. They don't have Paul Stanley singing backup now, do they? And and they don't. And, and Paul Stanley, whoever this is, makes an appearance a couple times on this album. And and I don't know. I've never heard this before. I've never heard. I don't know if it's it's if it's our man Patrick Alberts, if it's Ryan DeWitt, if if one of them took vocal lessons and came out of it sounding like Paul Stanley. I have no idea. Anyway, I hear it in the song, and I can't not hear it. So it sounds like a really cool Kiss song. Yeah, with a perfect circle. Guitar with a perfect part. circle. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So that brings us to track three. I did like the song, and I, I agree with everything you said. And also, it has a cool groove, um, and I, I do think that, that song is definitely showing evidence of of their growth. And and that leads me into sort of with track three, Joshua Tree. Uh, not not a U two cover. Um, this band sound is it's completely changed. There's they they allow for an emptiness there's space that they didn't normally allow for uh there's this moment in the song where all of a sudden this this, so this one we're back to kind of a single guitar sound and it almost just like pull you can hear it pull away from the rest of the song and it just leaves this the bass and the drums to fill everything in and then in the verse where it's just holding down the groove and then it all just kind of fills back in again for the chorus i really like just even the style, how the stylistically the songwriting is coming together, and I hear it in this song. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, you're right. It's a very different style uh, to the previous two songs. Melodic pop rock in the verses, I guess, would be the genre. I was trying to pick the influence, and that's a game I kept playing with this album. What are the influences on this particular song? They do mix and match, I find. They're not consistent from song to song. In one song, you'll hear a band, and then in the next song, you'll hear a different band. So part of the fun listening to this was, who are the influences? I never quite pinned it down with this one. The bands I had in mind were bands like Dinosaur Dinosaur Jr. or the Pixies in those uh, verses. But I never quite Hmm. nailed it. I'm sure there's someone who I've I've missed here. But, uh, uh, yeah, I did like the tension release between the verses and the chorus, the lighter the lighter verses, the heavy chorus. I love the interplay. See, I really, this band to me is about um, the the bass player and the and the lead singer that, uh, and the lead guitarist, and, that, and they both sing. But they also trade the light, the spotlight in terms of their instruments. So we have the melody in this song in that lead guitar, and the, uh, but a really great interplay with that rumbling Rickenbacker hmm. uh, bass. So. Yeah, this song really is about those two guys, and and you know the, the drumming and and the rest is great on this album too. But 
I love hearing those two not only trade vocals, but um, trade the instrumental lead, if you like. And yeah, great song again. Really enjoyed it. So all good so far. Uh, the next song's called That Part of Me. Uh, it's a sort of bluesy, laid back vibe in the verses. Uh, great choruses on this album generally. I mean, just about every song has a really catchy, uh, identifiable chorus. This is no exception. And again, it's that two vocalists, I think, that really adds that because you've got one guy sings the verses and then it sort of creates this moment of drama when he steps away and the other guy steps up to take the chorus. About four minutes, this song, which I thought was perfectly long enough. There's, no, there's nothing on this album that I ever thought was too long a song. This was a good length at four minutes. Nice sort of gentle wind down to the finish. Really enjoyed this song and the whole album so far. Your thoughts on track four? So w when I first heard the song, what I wrote down was in big letters, yes, with a lot of exclamation marks after it. Um, exclamation points. <laughs> uh, it, it, and, then, and then I just started writing Atomic Bitch Wax. And there was this, this feeling uh, of with the vocal phrasings, the, the rhythm, the bass, the drums, the way everything plays together. And, and to see this, I bet this song would be amazing to see live. Uh, yeah. and, and I think this might be this and one other song on this album, I would have to put up there in my top two Abram songs, period, right? Of any of anything we've heard over the last three albums, this song and then another mm -hmm. one that'll come up later. And I love there's a line in this song where it says, once you leave this graveyard, I know you won't get very far. I have no idea what, what they're talking about, but but I, I do. I, I, having just read a, a Neil Gaiman book recently, um, I do really like that line. And the only thing that is missing in this song is space lasers. Uh. They just need to end it on space lasers. We would have had we would have had a masterpiece right here. Yeah, yeah. I haven't featured on any Abrams song yet. Oh, Perhaps well, I need uh, Mr. Kosnick to come down with his space lasers. Maybe maybe they'll listen in. Um, yeah. And that leads us to track five. Uh, and this is the one when I said that there was another song where Paul Stanley comes back. It's this one. This is the other one where um, it, it, it's sort of the, that Paul Stanley vocals styling their back again, where they're just sort of playing with um, with melody. And and that's kind of my, that was sort of I, I got really hyper focused on. It's distraction, to be quite honest with you. It's I, I can't when I'm listening to, to this song or track two, it's really all I can think about. And it's all that's in my notes. It's just, it's just, just Paul Stanley. Uh, I'm glad I didn't notice because I would have been distracted too. This is a perhaps the heaviest song on the album so far. I like the riff here. There's a little sort of intricate flourish at the end of the riff. Uh, the drums are very heavy here, sort of Tom heavy. I think it's the shoutier vocals in the verses too that lend this a bit more heaviness. We haven't used the word anthemic yet, but it's time to wheel it out. There is an anthemic chorus on this one, as there is in many of their songs. Uh, so there's a drink for our listeners. It's another to-the-point song. No stuffing about with this one. I think it would work really well, as so many of the songs on this album would in a live setting. Lyrically, I'm not sure. Perhaps something about being lost. I mean, it's called Find A Way. Can you ever find a way? So I think, again, they've gone much more metaphorical in their lyrics and they're, you know, they're a bit more open to interpretation than just, you know, I've, someone broke up with me and I'm, I feel bad now. So I like the lyrical improvement. I like this song. 
I'll turn the page. We've got a slower song next. It's called My War, track six. This uh, is a bit more patient in the build-up, sort of plaintive guitar intro. An unusual time signature. I couldn't quite work out the time signature. Um, I've written here, I can't even remember the riff now, but it's like long, long, short, short. I don't know. I need more time to work out the time signature, but I, I quite like that. Uh, it had a real ebb and flow, this song, sort of big peaks and crescendos, but it always came back to that gentle opening to you know, peaks and troughs. So a very interesting song in that regard. I haven't had a bad song yet, and, and this is another good one. Your thoughts? Um, yeah, no, it's, I, I like how it's, it's got kind of a doomy, a doomy introduction. The drums are, again, kind of just up, up there, front and center. They sound really good. Uh, I like the pacing of the song. I like how it, it, it does undergo so many changes. It's, it's less than four minutes. And, and as you said, I mean, there are the, 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 the changes in, in time signature throughout. Um, it's, it's really a dynamic song that, that sort of just builds up to that final scream of frustration. And then that final scream of frustration, which is a, a great segue into track seven. And I, I don't like I, I'm imagining. So if I had this on vinyl, my guess is that I would be flipping the album between five and six. So six and seven, the way that they sort of blend together is intentional. This idea that so that my war builds up to this final scream of frustration and then it leads us into Silver Lake, which is track seven. And Silver Lake has this it's very, very pretty sort of beginning right and pretty name pretty beginning and and then when you listen to the lyrics it's asking to be punched in the face and so there's sort of i just i noticed this sort of the the, the dichotomy there of, of kind of how the, the the lyrics were working with the sound of the song um yeah. and then and then it does pick up the song it's not the longest song on the album but uh it's the longest song we've heard up until this point yeah, so I've noted that the four longest songs on the album are on what we would consider side B. Whether that's by choice or not, I'm, I don't know, but it seems to be that the songs where there is a bit more room for uh, solos and experimentation are all in the second half of the album. Uh, interesting that you should point out the lyrics. The one that I wrote down with the, the opening lyric, tear out my headphones during my favourite song. Yeah, I don't know what's worse, being punched in the face or someone doing that to you. How dare they? That's nasty. And we don't see eye to eye was another lyric I noticed. So clearly someone's uh, ticked off the, uh, the lyric writer for, uh, in the lead up to this one. It is a longer song, as you said. Perhaps it's the least catchy so far. That second half of the song is, is quite, there's a falling riff, which is sort of detuned, discordant, quite a heavy riff. Uh, to finish this off. Um, I really noticed here the layers in the guitar. That second player is noticeable on this song very much. And I think it really adds to the band. I like them better now as a four-piece than I did as a three-piece. I think there's a bit more depth and interest in, in, the, in the music. We shall push on. Track eight is called Silence. It's a short song, three minutes. Now, again, spot the influence. This was Queens of the Stone Age. Whoa. Their first album, and even the song, like Walking on the Sidewalks, I, I had to sort of go and listen to that side by side. It's like, hang on, this really sounds like one of the songs of the first album. It was Walking on the Sidewalks. It was too close for comfort, really. The vocals are different. It's not. It's more Nick Oliveri than Josh Holm. 
but the riff and the sound of this song is very quatta. A bit of a shame, really, because there's some nice harmonies in the chorus. It's an okay song, but uh, it was just a little bit too derivative for me to really enjoy this one. Your thoughts on Silence? It's funny you mentioned that because that was the band I wrote down as well. Uh, it And the, the guitar sound harkens back to sort of the last album. Um, it has that, as you said, the Queens of the Stone Age feel to it. I didn't go back. And in fact, I wasn't... It, it was one of those where... I'm glad you did because it was one of those where I was listening to it and I'm like, I swear I've heard this before. And, and I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't able to pinpoint it, but, but you've got it. I, I like the end. I like the sort of the intertwining guitar solo that happens as, as it, as it ends out. And I do think that this is a good song where and another one where it illustrates kind of how they're using both vocals. And I think that the song does a good job of sort of playing with both vocals in the song. Yeah. Uh, which which leads us to Pale Moonlight. And this one is the longest song on the album. Mm-hmm. And um, this is this is just, it's another song that, that again, another pretty name. Uh, and it's another song that, that sort of just plays with, with space. Um, I love the bass on the song. Uh, I also like the effects on the vocals and the chorus, where there's kind of that, that effect on it. And, and I just like, I, again, I like how they're, they're playing with, space they're not rushing everything in there this is a completely different album from their first album yeah. and and a lot of it has to do with being willing to just sort of slow down and and allow other things to come in yeah very patient song i think they're at their best when they do let themselves have a longer song like this and the next one which we'll get to in a moment the different emotions that the band brings often it's anger but I think they're at their best when they when they have sadness rather than anger, and we saw that on the previous album. We both loved the album closer, which was a sad, almost country and westerns kind of sadness. And there's a sadness in this song that I really like. I don't think you could have ten tracks like this. These longer, more patient songs are great. You know, two or three of them on an album, and I, but I think. It's those moments where I really like this band most of all. The second half of this song is a real highlight of the album for me. Some real emotion in the vocals. And I love the sort of jammy sections when they when they allow themselves to just relax, settle into a groove and jam. We have some swirling guitar solos. To me, this is them at their best and uh, a really good song. Up there for favourite song on the album to this point, it's my favourite, but it's about to be deplaced, uh, displaced by the last song, which is called Marionette. I love this song. This is great. It's got a great bass-heavy, slow intro, a great heartfelt vocal performance on this song, tuneful, there's harmonies, tension release, which they're so good at doing, and they've, and they've become better and better as the albums have gone through. And on this one, we're really hearing the drumming, so uh, an excellent drumming performance on this that especially as it moves into the second half of the song. That's a thundering uh, Tom work. And yeah, and then it just finishes with another one of those jammed out. We can throw in all the unshuffled cliches in, into the, the last couple of minutes of this song. Anthemic, soaring, just cliche after cliche. But I love that. I love this song. It was a great album closer. This would be a great gig closer too. I hope they get to play live again soon. I'm... Uh, They must be getting to a point now where they can play gigs and have a full crowd. I think this would be a great way to finish a a gig 
and it's certainly a great way to finish this album. What I thought was an excellent album, this, I think, is the best song on it. So it's a big yes from me for this song and this album. Your thoughts on Marionettes? So this was the second one that I was telling you, the, the, my, the two favorite songs on this album from from anything they've done. And and go ahead, listener, keep keep drinking, because I'm going to use Anthemic, and I'm going to use, in fact, I'm going to use Soaring twice. It's it, the song is absolutely anthemic. I love the way that the bass kind of just starts this whole thing off and then builds up. It's got the, the, that soaring guitar solo, the sound, the feel of the song. Everything is perfect. This would be okay. So I envision track four. I'm, I'm just in some sort of like CD bar, right? That I'm listening to that song and I want to hear that song in a bar, right? In a smaller indoor venue. This song, though, this song needs to be played at, at one of these festivals that you've got tickets for, just kind of out there on the green, and 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 maybe you know as the as the sun's going down, it's it's perfect for sort of that setting. Yeah, I, I absolutely like the song, and and just to even to end that if the live performance of it on that guitar solo, and you know, thank you, good night, <laughs> yeah. and that's that. Bring on Queens of Stone Age or over the hell's next. Yep. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, this would be a, a great band to see live. That'd also be a brilliant support band for a, for a big act. I'm sure there's a role yeah. for them there. If they, once things start picking up and they're already start, the live stuff's starting to pick up again now. So I think to see Abrams on a bill somewhere, you'd certainly make the effort to get there and see them in full. There's a lot of great live songs on this album and on the previous one too. I think they'd put together a great little half-hour, 45-minute set, which would get you really fired up for the for the main act. Or, obviously, you know, in their own right, they'd be great. They'd fill out a bar beautifully, and this, this stuff would sound great live on stage. Overall, I really enjoyed the album. I've enjoyed our time with this band. We've got our party hats on for the last album of, of this band, so it's always a big moment and a time to reflect not only on the album but on the journey that the the band has taken their sort of creative arc from first album to last. We had high expectations of where they were going to end up, and I think they've met them from my point of view. I'm, I've been really, really happy with this. Really no weak songs, perhaps only um, that what's a... Silence. Uh, si silence was perhaps the only low point for me just because it was so derivative, but still, you know, from start to finish, I enjoyed this. There was... So much catchiness, they were, you know, so well produced. And, um, yeah, I just hope that now they finally get the chance to get out there and um, on tour and, you know, tour the hell out of this. There's so much, so much great material that would be great in a live scene. So let's hope they're on the road soon. Agreed. It would be unfortunate if this album got lost in the shuffle, if, if they sort of, I mean, you know, put out another one and this one just kind of never really had the chance to be sort of played out and developed live like like an album usually gets the opportunity to do. Um, yeah, no, I, this album is great. I, I love that. I love how they've learned to not only is the vocals have the vocals come together, they've learned how to sort of even play off each other with the vocals. And you hear that here. Um, I, this is just, I, this is a great album where, and there aren't a lot of albums like this really, where you just, you just hit play and just let it go. There's no like I don't feel the need to sort of search around or I just I'll I'll, I'll hit play and I'll I'll just let it go and and I'll go about my yeah. business and I'll be happy with whatever's playing. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I really really like this album. Uh, and and they've come a, and that, this is only the third album. Mm. 
And this is another situation where I remember listening to the first album thinking, I don't know how they're going to get to where I think they're supposed to be getting to based on what I'm reading. Um, but they got there and, and, and it's great. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, it's just dawning on me that we did not talk about the uh, album artwork. Oh, and uh, I, we should have. Well, let's, uh, let's do that now. Um, sorry to confuse your listeners. Uh, the photographer was the same one as they used on the previous album. Um, what's her name? Samantha Muljad. Samantha Muljad, yeah. So uh, they've stuck with her. Uh, this is an image of um, a woman in a in a dress, standing on some rocks near the near the ocean somewhere. And yeah, a lovely sort of outdoor image. Not your typical hard rock album cover, is it? It's interesting because so I'm curious to know if because they have a track on here called Modern Ways. I'm curious to know which title came first because the title, I guess, of this um, photograph that she's taken is called Modern Ways. And right. so I, I was curious to know which which title came first. And the reason is because if you look on her webpage, there's another one called Modern Ways 2. Yeah. And it's the same sort of picture, but it sets the woman and the egg off center to the lower right. And so that... So in the modern ways, the one that's on the album cover, the woman and that that egg thing are sort of like they're the focus. But then in modern ways too, they're not the focus, and the focus becomes more of this like panoramic, expansive view. Um, okay. Which I, I don't know. I I thought it was really cool, and I and I get why one would be an album cover over the other one. And then she also has another one called Winter Solstice that I thought well, there would be one that would be cool to have on my wall. Um, I quite, I, I just, I, I uh, went down the, I, I went to her webpage and just found myself going down the, down the rabbit hole of, yeah, some, of, of her some photos. really beautiful stuff there. Mm. We'll yeah. put the link on our show notes listener. You can follow that yourself or Google it. Of course, if you can't be bothered uh, going to the show notes, anyway, very beautiful photographer and um, a, a nice image to go with a, a really good album. That leads us to the band Brown though, I believe. Yeah. Well, let's do it. And it's 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 your turn to take the lead on this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> As always, I put a lot of thought into this, and I'm not just <laughs> making it up here on the spot. Uh, I'm going to go drums for one vote. Good drumming performance, and there are a few moments where it really stands out, particularly on that last track. Um, not a huge change in style, despite the change in drummer from the previous album, but does a good job of just supporting uh, the two stars of the band, uh, which are the bass and lead guitarist. So they're going to get my top two. I'm going to give two votes to the bass player. Really love his rumbling bass style. And there's some standout moments where the bass takes the spotlight and the vocals really, uh, both vocalists have come a long way and, and I love the way they work together. The lead guitar and vocals gets my three votes here. Quite a mix of guitar styles and influences, well combined, and some great solo stuff, sort of, especially in the second half of the album. Uh, I love when he really lets his uh, guitar do the talking um, as he does on, you know, particularly on those last couple of tracks. So, three votes to the, the guitarist slash vocalist, uh, Zach Amster. Well done, Zachary. So I, I, I didn't, I, I, I didn't want to do, okay. So my, my, my one vote went to Ryan DeWitt 
Um, and same, the drums were great. And, and I really did. I liked how they sort of filled this in. And I think that they've, I hope they've locked into a drummer that will, you know, that they'll keep for the next album. And it came down to, to the bass and uh, the lead, the guitar vocals. And last time you uh, have taken a shot across the bow there at me for, uh, for picking the bass player. So a little self-conscious of my choice, but the two votes are going to the guitar vocals. And you know what? Damn it. Bass player gets my three votes. That's just the way it's going to uh, be. And I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it. There's another drink for our listener when Scott, <laughs> Scott gives the bass player three votes. <laughs> yeah. But um, look, if you could give a, three votes to teamwork or like a partnership or two people working together, I think that to me is best thing about this band it's just the way those two guys work together in the music they play and in the vocals i just think they're a really formidable songwriting team and performing team i just think they're great i'd love to see them on stage just working together i think that's music to me you know that's what it's about it's not just about individual performances but it's about people working and creating together to, to make something bigger than the sum of the parts. And I think these two are really working well together. Now, we are in the interesting position now of not having a, another album to, to go and listen to, to download. It's always a little bit unsettling when we finish a band and we don't have something to jump onto straight away for the next one. We're going to have to record um, a, a point zero episode where we choose our next band or maybe even two or three, which we've done in the past. So we will get to that soon, listener. And uh, as always, you'll get the chance as a as a listener to hear us go through that process. If you've got any suggestions for bands that you might think we can we would enjoy, you can contact us through our Twitter feed or our email and um, give us a band that you'd like to see us work through. That that would be great. We're happy to take suggestions. Otherwise, we'll come with five of our own each, and we will whittle it down to one or maybe two bands. Uh, that will next get the unshuffled treatment. So stay tuned for that one. We'll try and get to that in the next week or two. Apart from that, uh, I'm happy to wind things up here. So thank you again to our listeners. We do appreciate you, and we know you are in many different parts of the world, but we thank you for following us along. Thank you to Small Stone and Seven Planets for that great opening track. Um, the song is called Vanguard, and uh, it's a really good one. And uh, well worth a listen. So get to the Smallstone website and pay for it. Download it. It's a, it's a great instrumental album. Well, and real sort of fuzz rock. It's, uh, it's thoroughly enjoyable. Right in our wheelhouse. Uh, Scott, it's been a pleasure. I'll let you go and enjoy that afternoon there in, uh, in Japan and grab some gyoza and settle in for the evening. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you, listener. And thank you, Matt. And you, you as well. You've got... It's, it's getting cold, getting chilly where you are in the in the in the woodlands area of northern Belgium. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to the next few months, but we've got a nice <laughs> sunny day here of, uh, for today to enjoy. So we better get out and enjoy it with the kids. Surely there's a bag of frites to be enjoyed. Yeah. All right. No doubt. <laughs> Have, all right. Thank you, listener. Thank you, Matt. <laughs>